Wig, did you just say wig? Wig, okay. She's ready. She has her ice. I haven't tea. had this in a while, so I'm, I'm assuming ready. it's a chai tea because you don't drink coffee. I can't drink coffee. <laughs> she can't drink coffee. Um, no, we're I'm, like actually recording. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Um, I have bedhead. Girl, guest, what is what happened to shaving your head or whatever you wanted to do? It's gonna happen. Okay, just not right now. Jesus, okay. I'm just. It gets bigger and like poofier every. Time. I haven't taken a shower today. This is getting cut from the podcast. Caitlin, <laughs> <laughs> you no. know what I told? What you know what I told? Um, uh, you're probably gonna cut this out, but I don't care. But um, no, I told we're keeping it uh, in. Marti- I told Marcia the other day, I was like, oh, I can tell you haven't had sex in a while. They were like, how? And I was just like, I can tell. And now I'm going to say, because, like, I can always tell when the hair is, like, <laughs> when, it, when they have been fucked and when they have it by their hair. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't know how to say that over time. Y'all are rude. <laughs> no. This is offensive. No, I feel no, attacked. This is, all the, this is all staying in the podcast. No, it's it's everything I, you tell me, I have to, like, edit out that you don't edit out. This is staying there. It's such a specific. It's such a specific time <laughs> for uh, like it's such a specific uh time. What the fuck? It's such a specific um like <laughs> thing to notice about a friend, and it's hard to explain a text <laughs> message without the other friend getting like being like like oh how dare you? It's not it's not a how dare you thing. It's like no girl, I like I know you and I get it. Yeah, listeners, if you're still here, <laughs> help me. All physical things that change. <laughs> We all have physical things that change <laughs> when we've, like, had sex. That's and, like, some true. peoples are more noticeable. Like, I have a friend <laughs> who, like, you can tell when she's not having sex by her eyes because her eyes, like, change color. What? Yeah. What? Like, when she's, not, like <laughs> when she's not having sex, they're more just brown. When she's having sex, they're more, like, hazily. Whoa. Yeah, it's That's interesting. That's cool. <laughs> Anyways, I'm Martyr. I'm Z Tepper. And this is Wiggin' Out! election edition (laughs) um this is being recorded i think literally the day after biden got yeah it was in where were you yesterday it was yesterday (laughs) yeah it was yesterday oh i don't know this whole week has felt like a fucking year oh well we'll definitely get into that (laughs) yeah um but yeah biden is our new president What a day. If you weren't in New York, I feel sorry for you. Yeah. Oh, my God. My whole street. My whole street. (laughs) It was so heartbreaking that I wasn't there because I wanted to be there to celebrate. And I was just like, oh, it looks looks incredible. And, like, we haven't had shit to celebrate in, like, so long. So I'm glad this is it. It's so bad. (laughs) Um, That was the voice of our guest this week, which I'm sure you can guess from the title of this episode. But she is coming back to our little shit show after her little stint last year, I guess. Yeah, I don't know what time year. this that came out. I think it was like pre Bushwig too. It was pre Bushwig um, yeah. because it was the Bushwig. It was episode. like right before. Yeah. Um it is DeVoe Monique. Woo! Woo! Thank Ooh. you for coming back, babe. We oh miss you. Oh my god, of course. Can I just <laughs> say that that interview, I got so many great compliments on it. And so many people came up after me and was like, oh, I was like so interested in learning about you. That was like so great to hear you really Aww. talk. And You're I one it was, of our like, top episodes, thing. by the way. 
Yeah, you I are. I know, which was wild. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're you like number two, I think, on our like most listened Spotify episodes. I oh my think, god, next to Untitled. Yeah. It was crazy. Yeah, was yeah I was like two. Untitled Devo. And then I think like our first episode, which Yeah, I guess is no weird. one cares about us. <laughs> but um yeah, we're so excited to have you back. Um, I mean I don't know if you've been in contact with Caitlin, but me and DeVoe literally text every night. So. Aw, that's cute. I miss DeVoe a lot. I miss um, Caitlin. Me, well, Caitlin's always someone who's like had my back in the industry and kind of like saw me in a way where it always felt like, like she was like, you'll be all right. You'll figure this out. Cause like you are better than like whatever like shit's happening right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it was always like such a humbling thing because I would always like, feel like I was either like not doing enough or do- doing too much. And Caitlin's like, you're doing incredible. She's like, yeah, sure. you were like, before the pandemic, you were like working more than anyone I know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're yeah, really like busting ass, but in oh like the best way possible. <laughs> oh, I used to, oh, thank you. I was telling this story of how I used to like work pieces and I used to bully cab drivers to drive 10, like 10 minutes. And so I could get to the bar in Brooklyn to do another number. <laughs> <laughs> I know that was your life. I was like, I was like, I was like, if you don't get me here, I'm not paying you within this time. I was like, so you're gonna have to figure oh, it out, buddy. It was crazy. That's oh, yeah. nice. That's a smart idea. Not yeah, that I mean, you got to. People you know? use cab drivers anymore, but well, you can't. Well, because they can't <laughs> tell you to get out there. You have to remember they can't tell you to get out their cab legally. Like it, it's mm-hmm. like they cannot refuse their service. Mm-hmm. So oh, you that's know, good. That's a good tip. Yeah. Right. Like those. <laughs> Those, that's how that's how drag queens become the that's how New York drag queens become number one. Like we we bully cab drivers. <laughs> you bully tra- cab drivers and don't. We have pay a new fare. section for the Love. advice area. Oh my and gosh! Sorry, not the fair if they don't get us there. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> so to get with our outline. How has the pandemic been treating you? Um, I think with everyone. It was really complicated at first because I think mm-hmm. I like I, I relocated back to Virginia, but I will be back in New York. So uh, mm-hmm. don't hold on, don't don't uh, count me out too much. But um, it, it was really complicated because it was like readjusting to a new way of life and really navigating and being like I don't have to do it. Like, and I was like really in this headspace of like oh, like fully truly like oh I don't have to work. Oh I have worked my ass off like. I have mm-hmm. money saved. I'm mm-hmm. not going to do anything for months. Mm-hmm. Like, I am just going to sit my black ass here and chill. And it was really interesting because, like, I really got to reintroduce myself to things I love that was outside of drag and really mm. got to care about myself outside of drag. I was, like, telling someone, uh, someone uh, my really good friend Eric, and I was like, no wonder why I wasn't attractive. I used to run around and, like, like makeup from last night, brown teeth and, like, unkempt hair. And, like, <laughs> like only me right like, now. Yeah, and like literally, like survived like on like Red Bull and like like bacon, egg, and cheeses, and like worked my ass off to get to the next gig. And I was like, I don't know if I want to do that anymore. <laughs> I know? know it's true. I'm always just like, how did I work my 13 hour shifts with no break? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I did. <laughs> I wake up at noon now, like on a good day. That's yeah, early no, for me. Same, same. <laughs> right? But it's been so nice. But it's been so nice. Like I said, to reintroduce yourself to be like oh, I worked hard, and but now I can, like, work hard, I can work smarter, because, like, mm-hmm. I, I know I have XYZ to back it up, and yeah. I know in people's minds, they're like, oh, you, you did the thing, so we don't need to have you do this other thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So um, what are your New York plans if you come back? Um, I think my plans are, have definitely changed. I think mm-hmm. like the things I wanted to do from like, I think the things I said last podcast, I was like, I really wanted to get into like creating looks and creating ideas, which is, mm-hmm. I mean, still the goal. And I think it's something like I've like really kind of checked off a little bit more. But I think now, like, I don't think I'm like really desiring to like work. 20 nights a week and be at every single club anymore that's i mean not... there's no clubs to be at currently so i yeah. mean truly there but is like, but eh. oh my god isn't so sad how many how many of them close um, so many close but like you know there's some are open but i don't know some of them close again so it's just it's a lot going yeah on. <laughs> it's just a vicious cycle so i think like with like the new reality set in place i and even if like it somehow does magically go back to like what it was which like i don't think true, it will i don't think so I, I don't think I don't think so for a while either. But I think there's a vaccine. That's my only guess. But I think I like I don't want to have that life anymore because one, Mm -hmm. it's not it's not sustainable, and also my art doesn't deserve that, and like my dedication to my art wasn't carved in a way to be in this pace of like you know like a fucking like hamster on a wheel. Like that's not what I kind of want to do anymore. I really do want to create more like conceptual and like timed out pieces because mm-hmm. you know I love I I mean don't get me wrong there are times where I miss like jumping on a car to pieces and then like getting on train to go to Hell's Kitchen to do a gig or and then come back to Brooklyn like that night like I miss all that but mm-hmm. I don't but what I don't miss is like the hexness of it and like feeling like I have to like squeeze down my art or like squeeze out certain parts of my art so everybody gets a piece instead of just presenting it as like one whole big thing your best self yeah exactly yeah yeah it's hard it's hard not to spread yourself then especially pre-pandemic we all did it like yeah it's just the hustle of living here it's it's the hustle of living there but it's also like the hustle of like um wanting to be there because i think the thing that people don't understand especially being about uh, being an artist in new york is Mm -hmm it pulls out the best and the worst out of you and it never tells you which one is going to happen and you kind of just have to wake up being ready for which one throws at you yeah but that's where i'm at so i mean i think my plans for new york are like to get myself settled in a way where it's like more sustainable Mm -hmm. which i've like doing a lot of steps to doing but also with my art i think my art is going to be a lot more fruitful this time around and i'm going to be a little bit more um practical about like the things I choose to do and the yeah. things I put my name on because I think I, I had a really kind of like way in my career where like I was never afraid to try anything mm-hmm. and I was never afraid to be like I'll I'll do it like I'll yeah. do it in a way of like open and not and not just because like for survival or being like I'll do anything more because like I was never afraid to like put myself out there and artistically like I'll do this kind of show I'll do a different kind of show because I want to learn I want to master it all and now I'm just like I think I know where I want to be at and I think I know uh, what image I want to present myself mm-hmm. and like in the space of like where I want to work and how I want to work. That's good. Mm. Do you yeah. want to do like more photo shoots or just more like digital drag or more regular drag? <laughs> I think I've, I think, um, I think I, I mean, more photo shoots always because shoots. I know you're a big model. Different. She's a model. She's, oh, she's a Taco a model. Bell model. She's a supermodel. It's we okay. Can I just tell you, like, after the talk, which we'll get into the Taco Bell thing, but I don't know what that is. (laughs) Oh, I do. That happened after that happened. I got hit up by so many people, like, would you like to be an influencer? And I was like, okay, 
Wait, Wait what's, off, what's the Taco Bell? Get that coin, girl. Um, okay, so yeah, tell I, the story, girl. <laughs> oh my, it's so funny. Okay, so I like emailed because like because baby because I have been obsessed with baby fat since I was like ah uh, yeah seven. It's like since I was like seven, I've been obsessed. Oh yeah. So I went on their website to go like look at something, and then um, they had a thing like oh model for us, and I emailed them and I was like hey. I noticed you don't have a lot of LGBTQ representation. I'm mm-hmm. a drag queen. I love your stuff. Could we do a collaboration? And it took them like two, three days to respond back. And they were like, hey, we can like give you, like, we can give you this to go to our stores and like get one of our, get like a piece from ours to model. And like, if it does well, like we, we will uh, have you be an influencer. Oh, nice. So like I started a whole campaign. And then like, it was so funny because it was like, I was with my boyfriend on the night of the shoe and we were like so hard trying to get this picture, so hard to like try to make it work. Cause we were trying to go for like a like nostalgic, like cool, like mm-hmm. like downtown shoe. And it's just like whatever we were doing was like not working. It was not. <laughs> so he like got me on this, he got me on this, he was like, get on my car. And then he had the Taco Bell sign behind me and we took uh-huh. he was like oh, and he was like, these are the ones. He was like, these are the best shots. Uh-huh. And they were the best shots. And they were so good. Taco Bell DM me. It was like, what? hey, can we send? They were like, hey, this is amazing. And then they were like, hey, can we send you food? And I was like, <laughs> and then they were, And then they were literally like, hey, do we have permission to use this for an ad? And then can oh, we shit. possibly put you in an ad? And I was like, oh, work. Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> I'm down. And, oh, shit. And You're doing so like funny. double campaigns at once. It's double campaigns, and then I got it. But I, but here's the kicker: I got a thing from Baby Fat, and they were like, "Hey, um, we can't because <laughs> this has Taco Bell." Yeah, they were like, "Yeah, we can't. they were like, we like." There's a lot of like laws about that. They were like, "Yeah, we can't, like we can't repost it, but Taco." It was really interesting. I was like, "No, I understand. I understand." So, <laughs> yeah, I Which love is, it. Yeah, isn't that so cool to have like to be like. To be like, I'm gonna be like a serious artist. To be like, I'm gonna be in a Taco Bell ad. Like, I think it's like so funny. Um, Taco Bell art. is serious art. What are you talking about? Okay. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm going to campaign to get back the potatoes. The not get back our potato. <laughs> Which is so sad because I think I think like they really don't understand the market of how strong potatoes were. Like, I want to see they how really long the, the sell but uh, up in potatoes were because it can't be that little. People are like freaking out. Well, like. Okay, this is a random tangent, but like oh, potatoes gosh. made their menu more uh, vegetarian friendly. So like they were the only exactly. fast food that like had a vegetarian option, and the potatoes were like a big part of that. So to get rid oh, of it, I it was kind of like as stupid. a vegetarian, I know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it was but, like it just like didn't make sense to me. I was like, "What are you doing?" That, my mom I was, like, was obsessed with her potatoes. I didn't know they got rid of them. Yeah, yeah, and then they got I think they're like slowly like potatoes. getting rid of them. That's fucked up. Yeah, it's dumb. And they're really healthy for you, too. Like, they're not, like, that bad for you. Which is wild. You would never think Taco Bell is one that's healthy. Especially, with, like, with their fucking, like, queso, queso cheese and shit. Yeah. You would never guess. Classic cheese. Um, I feel so, like yeah. that little discussion is a good way to close out this little segment. Um, yeah. But we can be right back, um, and we'll be talking about all things election, politics, yeah. All that jazz and um, and how DeVoe helped change New York 
by yeah. um, by staying in Virginia. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally. So we'll That's be right back in. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Wig. Okay. And we're back. We're back. Oh my God. We just did a bunch of business and DeVoe just gave us a lesson in Brooklyn drag history. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Well, I like I am someone who doesn't know as much as I would like to know about Brooklyn drag history, but like the times I have like talked to uh, legendary queens like Untitled, Ruby Roo, and like um uh Harchata and Lucy Balls, and like I really took that time and I really like carved out my ear to like make sure I was like hanging on every word I'm like what did you say like who fucked you over who who tried to steal your show pay like I'm that I'm that person Mm -hmm. I mean that's kind of why we started the podcast in general just to get sort of a queer history and yeah both New York and Brooklyn and all that that's why I asked the craziest story because like that's a shit that's not gonna be written about in history books (laughs) (laughs) ever And I want to know who got fucked in Pieces Bar on uh, July 31st, 1994. <laughs> like, I need to right? know. <laughs> and that's how you were born. <laughs> <That's how I laughs> <was> born. <laughs> okay. Speaking of history making, you actually made a big splash with the Black Lives Matters movement with the Brooklyn drag scene, I guess. I guess that's you how did. I you really did. <laughs> <laughs> I got like I pissed a lot of people off. And I'm Who'd you so piss off? I'm surprised. Okay. <laughs> well, it it really started. It really kind of like snowballed. One, I was like starting the um um I was like starting a group chat because like things were like really getting intense, and I was yeah. like, I'm not. I can't. I'm not in like New York right now, and. Mm-hmm. I was like, and it was crazy because I was like, I was like trying to get back to New York and like people like March here was like, don't, what are you doing? Like, they're like, why are you trying to come back right now? Especially yeah. Like, Stop <laughs> it. You're insane. Yeah. But I, but it, I was like, I was like, saw people at the, a lot of my like sisters and family at the protest and a lot of other things. And I was just in like people getting misinformation, getting things. I was like, this is madness. And I was like, we need to place it safe. And then mm-hmm. we all can talk. And I literally just messaged. I made a group chat on um, Instagram. And I, and I had like Chata and I had Icarus and I had Wes. I was like, let's start a group chat where everybody is safe. And mm-hmm. they were like, oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think it got over like 115 members. Oh, wow. And like we kept growing and growing. And then it just mm-hmm. became this kind of community of where mm-hmm. we could be like, this is, do you need this? Do you need a ride? Do you need this? Oh, this is legitimate. No, this isn't legitimate. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're going to, this is how you're going to be docs. Oh, look out for this. And it was just, I think it was, it, it was all just from the um, language of safety and like love. Interesting. I didn't even know anything about this. Yeah. Oh, that's what I thought you were talking about. <laughs> no, I mean, this is fascinating. I'm like, wow, this is going on. I was just stuck in Staten Island. I had no idea what the hell was going on. Yeah, because it was wild. It was wild. People, I, I saw people getting hurt. I heard people were getting hurt. I was like, I can't. I was like, we have to know where everybody is mm-hmm. in some kind of way because we, like, we have to be safe. And then I think after that, I did the work article. Which, yeah. like, well, so first you did an Instagram post. Mm-hmm. Yes. You actually yes, did was, like a couple of them. 
I think. I did a lot. I was, oh, I was just, like, <laughs> so angry. I was so annoyed. And I was like, you idiot. Uh, <laughs> well, I want to ask you, like, when you read that post, what made you yeah. be like, oh, this, this needs to be said on a bigger platform? Well, so, like, a lot of people like to talk for other people, which drives me insane, especially in the drag community. I really, really hate that. Like, if it's a Black Lives Matter movement, how about we let Black lives speak for themselves? And I felt like that, like, conversation was so missing especially when it comes to drag because like there's always been especially with like honey davenport and like all that like there's always been a lot of issues in new york city when it comes to clubs and like mistreatment of like people of color by management and things like that so it was nice to hear like in like one place your personal experience and like what what's been going on with you when it comes to like how you've been treated as a person of color in new york and you just said everything that I th thought more people need to hear. So we tried to turn it into a work article. <laughs> and it changed, it literally did change my life. And it changed, I think it changed how people saw me and saw other people of color. I got, mm -hmm. I've never gotten reached out that much. And people were like, I read this and this was incredible. And I was like, oh my God, this is what I've been waiting for. Because I like, I have like noticed so much of this. Cause I, I say it like, I, I call it the big boom. The big boom mm -hmm. to me was three years ago. There was literally a new queen in Brooklyn every day. Mm -hmm. And it was like me, Magenta, Bermuda. Da, 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 da. Like it was happening mm -hmm. so rapidly. Like, mm -hmm. and then like, and then it was like Minnie Horowitz and this person like was really, and even if they were in Brooklyn already for a while, it was more that they were kind of getting um, recognition, like, like kind of like cut and ready yeah. to, to be the person that they are at that time and mm -hmm. I saw a lot of that and I was a part of it but mm -hmm. I was never a part of it in the way of like you know girls were, would get things like deals with like refinery 29 or they would be featured mm -hmm. in this and mm -hmm. I was up for a lot of that stuff like I got a lot of those same emails yeah because I would ask some advice I was like you got this email right and we're doing this right and then I would like never get a response about the shoot or mm -hmm. I would never I would get told oh well you got cut because of x y and z and or and I just like would never make sense to me. So I was like, maybe I'm overreacting, or maybe I'm not. But would they only hard. choose like white queens? Who were, yeah, who was, was getting? It was oh, okay. Very, or it was a very just like they would choose racially ambiguous queens. Or like were, like, like super like light skinned. Yeah. Like Latinas or something. Yeah, like I said, like I've gotten cut from places like L or mm -hmm. and, and things like that, or 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 um a Vogue shoot where somebody was like, actually, we don't need you, mm. and. It was just, and I was like, or like when I was like on the way, to, I remember one time specifically, I was doing this thing for a magazine um, and I was on the way there. They knew I was on the way there because they, they, I was like, I'm in the car, I'm on the way. Literally like 10 minutes before I'm there, they were like, we don't need you. And I was like, what do you mean? I'm in full drag, I'm on the way. And they're like, no, we don't need you. And then I got out and then I like remember seeing it. Uh, seeing like that same thing we were going to do with all girls who were just like lighter than me Ooh. and I think that and that was a, like and I couldn't talk about it because I felt so like I felt so like kind of mistreated mm -hmm. and I was just like in this space of where I was just like oh I'm not going to get anything like this or like oh I don't I can't I'm not gonna be able to see myself on that platform because mm -hmm. like people don't want to see me on that platform which sucks because it's like when you when you go like I'm someone who went to Parsons and I'm yeah. someone who's like studies fashion and like mm -hmm. who like loves it and like understands it when you're that kind when you're that specific kind of queer kid it really cuts deep 
because it's like th- this is where these are the reasons why you started drag these are the reasons mm. why you kind of co- commend the, your, your art and your fashion with drag like you do all that and like to be told you're not allowed there was like incredibly just disheartening so yeah. and I was like always would think oh I'm not working hard enough and then I was thought about it and I was like I was working 20 nights a week, like we said. You earlier. were working harder than anybody. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know anybody that, that hustled <laughs> that hard. Like, yeah. isn't that crazy? The anxiety that it brought into my head of I'm not working hard enough, and that's why I'm not getting these things when I was working so hard. Yeah. And I would be up for these things, and they would decide last minute they didn't need me. And I was like, oh, this is a colorist thing. Yeah. Oh, this is a racist thing. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're just not being honest about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, we think if we have a person of color, then that fixes everything. And like, mm-hmm. I think like, and I and I know like no one knows how to kind of, people don't have the language to have that conversation because they yeah. haven't experienced that. Or like, I was like, I was, but what was I going to do? Like call West Dakota and be like, hey girl, like they cut me, so I don't know what to do. Or like, like you, you know, you don't have the language, especially mm-hmm. when you're in that space of just trying to work and make it work and you're sad, you don't know what to do. Yeah. And even yeah. like speaking out sometimes can alienate you from getting those opportunities again in the future. That's correct. The, oh, like, especially if, yeah. you're, if you're like someone like me who was who's always been so as outspoken. Like mm-hmm. they want to create you to be a problem. Like they mm-hmm. want a reason mm-hmm. to not like you. Yeah. 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 But so, I'm glad. But hopefully been... you got control of the conversation and like yeah, it looks like things are going more your way. Things are around. <laughs> Yeah. What changed my life was like th- why it changed my artistry because in that work article, that's when work was like, oh, we can make this a regular thing. They were like, if you want to write for us mm-hmm. more, and I was like, the fact that like I'm in charge of like my own view, yeah, my own article, because like the fact that like my mind is being respected in this way, and mm-hmm. that I'm just bigger than this, um, than just like you know being the face of something, which mm-hmm. is important too, which is cool, it's amazing, but it's also to be like the captain of your own ship. Mm-hmm. at a queer at like at a queer brand that is like so widely known mm-hmm. like I said like uh, we were talking off um we were talking off script and I was just saying I was like I'm really proud of the work that work itself is doing because it's so um boundless in the way it, it approaches queer art um media and mm-hmm. artistry because it's not specifically focusing on like a trendy type of drag or no. a, a trendy type of art it's like it's like all art across the spectrum mm-hmm. Yeah, which I think is very important. Yeah. Yeah. You go, Chiffon de Dior. Right? <laughs> like, it, it's, it's refreshing because, like, it's never parodying itself. No. Like, there's a lot of queer media that parodies itself, and work does not do that. Or there's a lot of, like, um, you know, clickbaity stuff or, like, hot takes that are just, like, some asshole, like, just rambling. <laughs> I find exactly. that a lot in queer media. I'm like, who is this person? Why do they get a platform? Like, I still think about yeah. the um michael musto is that how you say his name um i always, article. I always think i say it wrong <laughs> um on i think it was on logo or like new now next and he's just yeah. like uh, he like wrote an article about having a fake conversation with a millennial and it was my favorite what? thing in the world <laughs> well he's a legend so he can do it oh my god but no everyone that, else <laughs> that article was so good i highly suggest looking it up if you want some bad queer media <laughs> But, like, that's what I mean. And, like, work never parodies itself. No. Which yeah. I'm, like, and then, like, I, it's amazing that, like, I was respected and my ideas were respected. Mm-hmm. And then I'm, like, wow, I didn't need any of this stuff 
to be like had to be the captain of my own ship yeah because I was like bigger than that you know absolutely and you can do it from anywhere you don't have to be doing 20 shows a week <laughs> exactly you could just be exactly. at home doing a zoom call like we are right now <laughs> <laughs> right god love technology love digital drag oh yeah yeah. Have you done sure. any digital drag shows? I didn't ask that. I've, I've done quite a few. I've, I've, I like it. I, I don't like doing live too much because like, yeah. just like twerking, in, like twerking in front of my laundry basket in my dining room is just like... <laughs> Queen. Oh. That's how Jade and Essence Hall won Drag Race. Yeah, so let's true. not forget. That's, that's a good point. Right. Good point. Good point. You're right. I think she's the only one who could get away with that. So. Well, <laughs> I am someone who really loves production. Mm-hmm. and like loves and which is something that like I was like not really kind of del- delving into the way I wanted to when I was like working a lot in New York mm-hmm. but in quarantine like I bought a whole green screen I, I was like Ooh. in it I was like oh I'm doing this and and now and the fact that like I couldn't do it on a live like kind of just like I don't want to do it like I don't care <laughs> you know because yeah. like it, it's it spoiled me immediately so that's good. A lot of queens, like, don't like it, but I'm glad you're liking it. <laughs> well, I think now what drag has become, more than ever, we are, ne- like, we've always, like, we're, like, we're, we do everything, but now it's, like, we, we do everything. Yeah. We are, we are, we, be, we became, like, the lighting assistant. We mm-hmm. became the, we became the key holder. We, be, girl, we did it all. Mm-hmm. Like, the Emmys ain't got nothing on us. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, my God. The incredible drag that has, like, come out of quarantine blows my mind like yes. some of these girls are doing incredible things like like i saw this video of miss toto and she's oh, doing Ms. Toto is like the queen of all digital drag i feel like oh my god she's doing things mind, that are like, like no one else is doing right now oh my god i was like what is his budget i was like did you i know <laughs> i was like, <laughs> like, did, where? She just, like did you just call up beyonce i was like can i use your set real quick yeah i'm, I'm always just like amazed i'm like how it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. So, yeah. Or like, um, or um, Binks. Binks just did a runway fashion show for yeah. like Halloween of like all looks they created. And it was so spectacular. And I was like, wow, drag is like, drag is <laughs> drag. Like, because I wrote an article did digital did um digital um the coronavirus save drag. And if you ask me, I think it did because oh. drag was not. It wasn't getting stale. Mm-hmm. It was just in a place of where it was just like, you do this, you do like, it was kind of looking like the iTunes. Yeah, it was like looking like the iTunes charts. Like it was kind of like all one direction of just going up. And now I think it's like multiple directions of like this is success, this isn't success. Mm-hmm. Like you know, mm-hmm. or like this is what I want to do. Yeah, because people are like doing their own things, and it's that's what's beautiful. I'm here, for and you. I like I'm I'm loving to see it. We love to see it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, I, should we take a break? I don't know. <laughs> um, I know it's a little early. Let's take a break then. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be right okay. back, kids. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Wig. Okay. And we're back. 
It's not several days later. <laughs> <laughs> the gag. It's not. I promise you guys. It's not. It's not. What are you talking about? What are you talking um, about? <laughs> but we just had a lovely break. Uh, a know. lovely couple day break. <laughs> it's fine. The magic of podcasting. The ma- magic of podcasting. Um, but now we're back. We're still with DeVoe Monique. Um, hi, DeVoe. Hello, hi, Monique. what's up? <laughs> um, <laughs> And where we are coming back from, we were going to talk about some political action, including DeVoe's involvement with the Black Lives Matter movement in New York, and I believe in her hometown in Virginia. <laughs> yeah, hometown in Virginia, yeah. And then, like, you know, trying to, like, change nightlife a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was a whole thing. Um, I think what I feel about it the most is, like, I, I think, and I've said this before, I'm Black every single day of my life. I'm black every single second of my life. And I think that like somehow people people ha- get tricked with like the art of it and get tricked with like the artistry and like they kind of dismiss my blackness because I'm a successful drag queen or because like I'm a queer person living in New York. And I think a lot of people like kind of like try to take it away or try to smudge it out. And I think it was a thing that I was like definitely witnessing over the course of like this time because I saw a lot of people like speaking for people of color, speaking yeah. for kind of like doing the whole shout off thing of like, oh, follow this black drag artist. I was like, no, leave my black ass alone. I've been here. Like I've been lit. Like why are yeah. you why are you on my dick now? You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. yeah. it's popular. Because it's popular, but like yeah. blackness is not a trend. Like black people's mm-hmm. lives are not novelties. Like. <laughs> And they shouldn't be used to, like, make you look good and woke and whatever. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Like, our our experiences are not a trophy for your wokeness. Yep. And I think it's a thing that, what I was, like, really just, like, pushing the agenda of, like, getting the group chat started and getting, um, and just, like, really kind of implementing, like, we need to, like, get these girls bar, like, shows because, like, it's wild to me that people who are amazing Black drag queens, like, don't have the same schedule as mm-hmm. like an Izzy Uncut or like mm-hmm. a or a Tina Burner, like it's it's wild to me that those girls are the only ones who work like consistent schedules. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and or and it's also wild to me that there are so many talented Black queens in the city, and people can't name three on their fingers. Mm-hmm. And but we can name every successful white queen with a ponytail and a Leo that works at Pieces Bar. Ooh. Rip it, you piece. know what I mean. <laughs> Are there any queens we should know about that you think people should be talking about? Um, there are, I mean, there's Jax, there's Paris, there mm-hmm. is Essence. Um, mm-hmm. There's a lot of amazing queens of color that are really doing a damn thing. They've been mm-hmm. doing things for my, I mean, like there's the legendary Mocha Light, who is, oh my God, still my favorite drag queen in the world. Um, you know, and then there's uh, Tina Twirler, who is, oh my God, Tina Twirler alone is like, kind of really yeah, ushering really in this like, new moment in this new era for herself and especially in the time that it is in uh like it's a really hard time to reinvent yourself Mm -hmm. and she's done it successfully and like I don't think we're talking about it and I I remember so interesting I remember when she started out with um oh gosh Stonewall for the um Polish the Queen I remember seeing her like first perform there so like and to see her glow up's like kind of amazing she's she's killing the game yeah like 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 her like from that time now to like where she is now is like the time and like the the dedication to art and especially the mover in is truly like mind-blowing 
mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, wow, she's really committed. And I think, yeah. like, there's always this kind of a question, this kind of undercurrent of, like, are queens of color committed to drag when it's, like, literally queens of color and Black queens have invented drags? Like, the first yeah. drag queen was, like, um, a freed slave. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think we talk about those things enough. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that was, like, that's more, I think that's my next initiative to talk about those things in a way where it never makes people uncomfortable. It's just more educating. But I'm yes. also not here for white people's comfortability. Like, don't get it twisted. Oh, hell no. Mm-hmm. I, I want to make it comfortable, but I'm not here to make you feel better about yourself so you can get it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do the thing, girly. Yeah, so just I like, you know, you. if you want to, if you, but if you want to, I mean, but if you want to pay me for my services, girl, my Venmo is devoted. That's the tea. There you go, right. bitch. <laughs> And speaking of Black lives, we have a lot of Black lives to thank for the winning of Joe Biden's election. Yeah. The highly contested. Very contested. (laughs) Time to get into our election edition of the episode. We're going to just dive right in. (laughs) So I want Abrams to like, Kamala Harris to like having our first like open to gay Black men in a set. Yes. It's, it's crazy. And um, I, I don't think I've ever felt more represented. Interesting. In a weird way, but also feel so very underrepresented. Mm. You know? Yeah. Uh, a common critique I see online is that um, a lot of the push to get Biden elected was by um, Black uh like women and especially in the south especially like stacy abram is it stacy abrams yeah right yeah yeah, yeah. Um, well she's the one who registered um eight hundred thousand people in Georgia. i think it's even i think it's over over i think it's over a million she's registered yeah probably over time i think it was just for this election i don't know um, i haven't checked my numbers but and it's just like wow and then also from like all like the black women on like mine and making like mm-hmm. really like interesting social concert conversation mm-hmm. content for us yeah. to have and to really digest is really fascinating to me and mm-hmm. it's a thing that I'm like oh like black women really are have been and always will be doing a damn thing yeah and like and especially in this election I don't I was like talking to my sister earlier I was like I, um and this is like a little bit like off topic but I was like I don't think we are like really really digest and give black women enough credit for how much they mm-hmm. changed the music industry yeah. And then talking about now, I don't think we're giving them enough credit for like how much they changed this election. Absolutely. And, yeah. and it's been like that, not just this election, all the past presidential elections. Yeah. They always yeah, show up. Like, yeah, because you got to think about it. Like Black women in the South are like, I can't live my life like that. Like I understand this, but like, I don't want this to be normalized for my kids. I don't yeah. want this to be normalized for my grandkids. Like I don't want this. They're like, so I have to put in the work because it's not going to happen. And, like, especially in Georgia, Georgia had, like, the, like, biggest voter suppression, like, things Mm -hmm. intact to prevent Black people from voting. And they were met, they were able to, like, try to move past that. And they make it very, very, very difficult for people to vote. Oh, yeah. Um, Like, they were, like, low-key trying to, like, get me not to vote in uh, Virginia. mm -hmm. Like, it was a little bit of suppression here. I mean, I got my way around it because I'm not a dumb bitch. But it was just, (laughs) but I, like, saw the taxes they were playing. I was like, y'all are ugly. I was yeah. like, this is mad ugly. And, like, I don't think people realize how, like, underhanded and how, like, simple and how, like, smooth, like, it is and it happens to people. Because mm-hmm. I think, like, people 
put up put off voter sus- suspension like oh everyone has a right to vote and should vote and i'm like yeah we do but it's not that easy and not everyone believes that no one just says it out loud well they put they make so many restrictions to prevent someone from voting like voter id and if you've moved you can't vote unless you re-register they just make you jump through a lot of hoops they really do and it's like you shouldn't have that like like registered id and all that kind of stuff is a little wild to me i'm like you don't i don't think you should need an id like i think like well that's see that's only like in the south because like new york you're not unless like there's something wrong with your like voter registration you do not need an id to vote exactly because mm-hmm. like i have because i have a new york id and mm-hmm. i was like and i was like and i like live like i live here and i was like oh i'm not gonna go back to, like i can't go back to new york and vote and they were like well yeah. you they were like well you can't vote because you have a new i was like that's not true because I knew it wasn't true, and I was yeah. like, and I worked my, and I figured it out, and like I obviously voted, but it was just like a thing where it was like I saw what they were doing, mm-hmm. and I saw how like instrumental it was into the culture of like voter uh, suppression, and how much like white people have like greatly impacted that culture for their favor, and it was like, oh yeah, I think it was like one of the grossest things to witness in my life. It's been like this for years. That's why yeah. gerrymandering exists, so I could just I suppress watched, as much as possible. I watched yeah. a bunch of political videos last night because I mm-hmm. was crazy. Um, and basically, I don't want to shit on the Republicans, but I'm going to shit on the Republicans. It's basically all their fault, but... <laughs> oh, yeah. It's been their fault. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's the it's getting more and more a divide, especially what we're seeing right now with mm-hmm. um, how contested the election results are being. Yeah. Um, the amount of people I see that are saying, like, the media doesn't determine the election is insane because it i mean it's not even like they decided the election they're just it's projections sure but like they're counting votes like they they show like what the national average is going to be biden is still leading by five million yeah so you're talking about right now yeah yeah um but what i was going to say earlier was that like um we see a lot of people online like congratulate or thanking black women for helping push the vote but like black women um, they're probably not going to see a lot of like the change they want to see because of like how this system is set up. Oh yeah, it's, yeah. And I think it's, the worst part about that part is like they know that. Yeah, yeah. and it, like it, they're aware of that. They, they but we know, know what the alternative is. Mm. Yeah, exactly. We, who, we who just got elected out of office? Um, I, I mean, I was like watching a thing. I was like watching the news earlier before this call happened. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about like, um, like, oh, he's they're they're reportedly like starting to fire White House staffers now. And yeah. I didn't think we were gonna get into that place until like a, like in the beginning of December. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, it's been like two, three days. Oh, they're re- oh, they're oh, it's they've happened. been ready. They've been ready. Yeah. And I think it's a thing where it's like, we we fully have not seen the end of this like by any means, and mm-hmm. we barely have scratched the surface. But it has to get to a point of where it's like. We realistically would. I don't. Think, I was like telling my sister this year. I was like, we realistically. I don't think we are going to elect another white man after Biden's term. I think we are. You like, don't think so? To, I think the be, Democrats are scared. They don't want another Hillary Clinton situation. They, they don't necessarily want another Hillary Clinton situation, but they also. I think people in America are fed up. Like I think it was. I think for everyone, it was the first. Uh, the um, the first debate, and we. I remember sitting there. And like looking up from my phone for a second and like hearing them scream back and forth like they were like like they just like lost the biggest tennis match in the world and i was like what is happening 
I was like, this is our country. Like, yeah. I literally saw, like, two old white men debate if I should live or not. And I was like, and I think America saw that fight, too. And I think America was like, I don't want this again. I don't want this ever again. Like, my my family, my sisters were just like, girl, we got to get these people out of office. We got to get these people out of this. Like, we have to do it. Because I don't want to go through that. I don't want to personally feel like that again and yeah. feel like that drained. Because I think it was, I think the thing about the debate, like, it felt like it took forever but it also felt like you watched it for 10 minutes. I don't know if that, like, if that makes sense. But I no, felt I like they had the I feel like they were having the ten, same 10-minute conversation over and over again. I just couldn't watch the debate because ever since Trump was even in the narrative, it's just I can't get involved. Like, and I'm very politically active, but yeah. anything with Trump involved, I'm just like, I can't. I can't deal with this. It's the same um, thing over and over. <laughs> to go back to DeVoe's part, point of not electing another white man, I kind of agree because... I have an inkling that Joe is not going to live his full term. You'd be surprised. These old politicians, they do not die. I think uh, Mitch McConnell's still going. Dick Cheney is still alive, and he had eight heart attacks. Like these old politicians, they don't die. I'm just saying, I think Kamala is ready to take over. Oh, she's ready. Well, I see. (laughs) I can can see her um, in eight years. I could totally see that. Okay. Well, the thing about okay, the thing about like politicians not dying you have to remember politicians and like the, the people in that white house they have access to the best medicine oh, yeah. in the world i mean look so at the, trump with um corona. Yeah, corona yeah um like they are not going to die and like scientists and all those people are doing everything in yeah. their power to not have them die yeah exactly so i believe biden probably will have a full term i think do he I think, will as well do do i think he'll run again probably not no, well He'll be 80 by the time it's over, like 81, 82, 81. or something like that. There no, no I way think he's he will. Because um, it's very, very hard to get rid of the incumbent. So as long as he reruns, he should have a very smooth um, chance of getting reelected. And that's, and that's real, but it's also a thing where it's like, I think that like we will see, we will see like a, a overturn of people of color running for president in the next, and after the four years are up. I don't know I about don't, president, but definitely other positions of power. Oh, definitely president, because there are a lot of people who saw that debate and was like, I cannot let this country do this. I can't do this. You know what I mean? The thing is, America is still like 70% white, so America just has a hard time with change. As we saw with the 70 million, 71 million people who voted for Trump, which is insane. It's insane, but it doesn't surprise me. Like, white people with money are still white people with money. You know what I mean? The thing is, a lot of his supporters don't have money. They're, you know... But like, <laughs> like you can't live a blue collar like you can't have a blue collar job and like try to like live this like rich life and like for some reason Trump supporters can't get that through their head. Oh no, yeah, absolutely <laughs> and, not. Like it's not like it's not like you start working at McDonald's and go, oh, I should start looking for a place to live. Like it's not. I'm just, Wait, like, there's it's- so many people because like everyone's freaking out about Biden um taxing people who make over four hundred thousand a year and like all the people freaking out do not make over four hundred thousand a year. <laughs> yeah. And I was like talking to my sister about that too, and she said um. She goes, uh, are you surprised that, like, Little Wayne and 50 Cent, like, endorsed That was, was like, weird. And I was like, not at all. I was like, when you're right, a but- black man who's a colorist and is has, like, a multi-million dollar empire, you only are worried about staying rich. But like, yeah, that, that made complete sense to me. They, well, I, th- I yeah. felt more just because Trump was always a celebrity and, like, they're celebrities, so they might have some sort of weird connection there. No, yeah, it's because it when all- you get... 
when you get celebrity and you get rich, you turn into a Republican. That's true. <laughs> but like, see, the only people who should be Republicans are wealthy people because like that's the only like interest Republicans care about is like. On it, exactly, pretty much. That makes that seems makes so much sense to you, and that's exactly how I feel about yeah. it. Yeah, but, but like, everyone also, else, like, what the fuck? <laughs> but you don't become you become a per like. But it's also like when you're an artist that level of a big person. There's no way you don't become capitalist. Like, oh yeah, of course, of course, dollars. yeah. You of become course. immediately capitalist, you know, because you become a you because your art be, because you become a monopoly, you know. But that's only certain people because most of Hollywood is very liberal. Yeah, true. No, no, no. It's very, it's very only certain people. Yeah, it's, it's very specific. Like, it's very specific. But like that stuff, like didn't surprise me. Like I said, like, like you don't, ha you can pay people to be nice for you, like. I don't think people realize, like, once you're in that life, how much money you have, you don't know what to do with it. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. I couldn't, like, I was, like, talking, uh, I'm always talking, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> That's I why was, you're here. <laughs> okay. I was, like, talking, and I was, like, talking to my boyfriend about Beyonce, and he was, like, there's no way Beyonce is the same person she was when she was 15. He's, like, there's no way. She's, like, wow. you can't tell me this industry expert hasn't, like, picked up tips, tricks from everybody, mm -hmm. and then became a billionaire and is still, like, the same girl from Houston. It was, like, that's not, that's not how it works. And it was, like, it's yeah. okay, but, like, it just doesn't work like that. And I think yeah. we need to, and I think we need to lift the veil from the myth that you can still be the same person that you were once you, like, lived a different life, because that's just not true. Especially when it comes to money and politics and power that get involved. Like, it's just, like, I completely changed from, like, the queen I was in Virginia when I moved to New York. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Because, you know, success and you realize, oh, I'm worth more than this. And then your worth increases. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's, it's just how it works. And I think, I think America needs to get over and, like, lift that veil of the myth. Because, like, I think that's a huge thing that's also holding us back politically. I agree. If that, if that makes sense. Like I said, like people live a blue collar lifestyle, but pretend they're rich as Trump. And I'm like, that's, that's not how that works. Well, people like the idea that they could one day be wealthy. And that's what the exactly. Republicans catered to. Yeah. But it's just not the reality. It's, it's not the reality. And it's also like, it's not set, like the system is not set up for that reality Hell to no. exist either. Hell no. And like, they're working in a system that does not, they're working as if the system is working with them when it's actually working against them or the system is like hey this isn't going to work and you're like i know but it's going to work <laughs> and i'm just like i, I guess <laughs> but i am I, I am i am happy that like a black woman now is the most powerful woman in america yeah i definitely wanted to talk about that she is our first she's the highest power woman african-american woman and indian-american woman like in she history. just she just like did like all three at once she's like get it done well, well i really like kamala's approach because like she knows that she knows that like like conser like conservatives like don't like that she's that she was a cop i mean she knows that she doesn't mean liberals yeah conservatives are okay with that <laughs> no they love a cop no because um they she knows that liberals like don't fuck it but she's a cop but she also knows that like like republicans like hate that she's a woman and that she's a woman of color. Oh, absolutely. And the, and the way she approaches things, she's like, look, I know you don't like me. I, and I probably don't like a lot of you, but like, <laughs> like, like, honestly, and she's like, this is where we're at in the country. And we have to make, we have to make the change. And from everything she's saying, like, it's, it's very smart and it's very 
like, I really like her approach. She was obviously not my first choice. I don't think she was anybody's first choice. I actually really liked her as an I like a prospect for president. I didn't really yeah. have a problem with that. I felt yeah. like she's well spoken. She stands up for herself. Like she was definitely like I could. I knew she wouldn't like get the nomination, but I wasn't upset with the idea of her getting the nomination. She was better than the other one. Who was the other um, crazy who? lady? Elizabeth um, Warren. No. <laughs> no. Um, uh, I know who you're talking about. God, I don't remember. Marianne something. The one. The I know who you're talking about. I she was like crazy AIDS lady back in the 80s. So yeah, I don't like her. <laughs> but, but yeah. Well, um, I mean, I was a fan of Warren, but Warren was too, but the DNC was never going to let Warren go. They just don't show. want progressivism, which is upsetting. But luckily the progressive, um, all the people running for progressive House of Rep re- got reelected. So AOC Oh my God, have you guys like seen that thing where, like, where AOC three. is like, I'm going to quit politics? And I'm just like, what? Well, I I read her Vanity Fair piece because like it was really interesting and just like all the like the horrible things she has to deal with because you know she's like the woman. Not even the woman. She's just like the Republican bullseye. They blame everything on her. She you know she's all a the woman. And she's a, a woman <laughs> and she's yeah exactly and from New York so it's like all everything. It, she's like their demon. She's their new Hillary. Yeah, um, and like. And then, but I think my main problem with it is, is like that liberals are projecting a presidency on her that she has like never talked about publicly. She's like, she's too young. She's too inexperienced. She wouldn't be um running anytime soon for like that. It's of also the thing where she's not even, even a senator pro- yet. But even projecting yeah. on it, her in general is like you're speaking for a person of color when they yeah. have like not even like had an inkling that they want to do this. And, and she's like, only done one term so far, so yeah, like it's, and it's way too early for that. <laughs> and it's weird that she's like getting all this press, but it's like, this is what progressive looks like. And this is what progressive looks like. And people are so upset because like, people want to like have this radical idea that progressiveness, like it doesn't have any merit or it's like, it's like based in like craziness. And, it, and, she's, and she's proven that it's not. She's like, no, these are the actual facts of it. And like, this is like how it actually works. And people are really upset about it because like she's making sense of progressiveness and she's making sense of like to conservatives of how it works. And that's what- And even the other Democrats, because a lot of the Democrats elected are pretty moderate, I would say. And are pissing people off. So it's like, yeah, like that's that's why people are upset about her. And- Mm -hmm. Like, but like I said, like people just need to stop projecting on her because like she didn't talk about she wants to be a president. She didn't yeah. talk about like she's what? only a House of Rep, which is like not a very powerful position it's in not, politics. Yeah, it's not even close. It's not but, even like close. she has a big um like presence online and like she's basically she, kind of representing New York. She has a big following. She has a big like she has a big platform and a big platform yes. and like I. I mean, I, I'm no, I'm not alone in the room when I say this. Like, I, if she did end up running for president, if she felt comfortable doing that, I would support her like 100%. Oh, yeah, of like, course. Um, oh, yeah, she's just too, my only issue, yeah. she's too inexperienced right now. My I only agree. issue is I want people to stop. I want white people to stop speaking for people of color. Like, that's my main issue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, of course. Just like, just like, stop it. Like, we don't know what she wants. She's yeah. literally like, she wants to be, a, she wants to have a better country. And she's fighting for it. But like, we don't know what like she wants and like it may not be best for her and like i think like that's my main thing politically that's like this this political year has been wild like mm-hmm. i mean rb rbg dying was like a rest huge in peace uh, she was she was such an instrumental part of my life and like i just like remember 
like I just like remember like listening to her and the way she speaks and I'm just like oh my god like and now look at where what's going on with the supreme court it's just upsetting I I like have a feeling I don't know why I don't know what it is but I have a feeling she is like not gonna like she's not gonna be in her, she's not gonna run her full um like she's gonna step down who I think like something's gonna come out about this woman where it's not where they didn't think who she was not necessarily something like but it's like, a lifetime more, appointment even if she was like you know horrible like there's nothing they can do she's there forever yeah, she's there forever, but I don't... I they think just have to expand the court to make it... Just have more justices on it, but... Yeah, exactly. That's not going to happen unless we get the Senate back, so Georgia is number one right now for everyone. Yeah. I mean, Georgia really... Was anybody gagged? Were you guys gagged at how big, like, Georgia turned blue? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Just because it's such a southern state. I, I stayed up state. to watch that happen. It was magical. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it was it magical. It was magical? Yeah, because um, they haven't voted Democrat since 1992. Yeah. They yeah. haven't been. Well, the thing since is, the constituent base is there, but you know, Republicans just suppress it so much that it was just never going to happen unless there was a Stacey Abrams in power making yeah. it happen. Um, I I don't know. I if you're listening to this and you live in Georgia, uh, please vote in the runoff. So we can we get need the, you. <laughs> please, re- you're still able to register until like the first week of December if you are yeah. not registered in Georgia. Yeah, um, twenty three thousand young people can can register. vote. Yeah. yeah, register and vote. Register. We need we need the Senate back. This Georgia is like our only hope. They actually, I don't think they still announce the other senators if they want Republican, but it's pretty much assumed. In Alaska uh, and in um, North Carolina. Yeah, so we need it ba- like we need it back so bad. And Georgia it- is our only hope because otherwise it's going to be like the Obama mi- administration all over again. Where like there's a lot of proposals, but the Senate just blocks everything and nothing gets done. And nothing um, gets done. Yeah. Yeah. They want. Um, I and also watched the video. Like, and it sucks that nothing got done in Obama's administration because he hired so many. A lot done, but more could have gotten done. Well, no, it sucks because it's like he hired so many constituents. And like, it sucks because you, the amount of, I think you have to hire, I don't know what the number is, but I know it's like in the 200s and I know he hired something like 89, uh, no, like 98 constituents. Do you know how hard that is? Do you know how hard that is to hire that many people when you have a number you need to meet? Because you obviously know you're not, you obviously know every president is not going to fully feel like all, like go up to that number, but how, like he got so high in it, but like nothing got done and it sucked. Because it was like, you worked so hard on it. It's just because we just need the Senate back. Yeah. Um, you can blame Mitch McConnell for everything. All of it. Get everything. Or Obama. All the time. And he um, still just got reelected. Fuck that zombie. Um, <laughs> I don't know. See, him, he's another one who I'm like, how is he still alive? Did you see that story about his um, hand turning all black? Yes. I like, the what pictures. the fuck is going on? I saw the pictures. <laughs> how is he alive? I'm telling you, you cannot kill them. <laughs> You cannot not kill, kill them. old. Paul. What are they injecting them with? Like that's. I don't know. Fermies, <laughs> they're all gay. In other good news, um, New Jersey legalized marijuana. I mean, go off. I mean, so I, I guess we're all going to New Jersey now. Honestly, I, guess, I that doesn't surprise me because I already thought it was legal in Jersey. Jersey's like a lawless <laughs> land, so it kind of really is. is. It really is. Every time I've ever been to Jersey, or like. There, okay, there are two places in my life 
where like no like every time I visit them and it's wild to me that it happens but it shouldn't surprise me is Virginia Beach in New Jersey that I mm-hmm. always get asked for drugs but like I mean like crazy drugs I mean like heroin or well, like you can go to Oregon now and get it because <laughs> it has also been legalized there it's not legalized it's just decriminalized uh well I know that but it was also a thing where it's like it just like blows my mind how like often people are like will come up to me on the street and ask like what do you like do you have heroin and it'll happen in Virginia Beach and New Jersey and like Mark Tier said it's just a lawless land and it like does not exist to me <laughs> like it doesn't <laughs> exist to me so, like that it's that real I'm like what well, the thing with Jersey is um, it's been like that. This has been planned for a really, really long time. Like everyone knew this was going to happen over there. And then like they said, once it goes there, like New York, they don't want to be like left behind because Jersey's going to make a lot of money because all these states make like billions of dollars a year in taxes. Oh my God, now, now drag queens are just going to be doing coke on stage. <laughs> so I think New York is definitely like the next place that's going to legalize marijuana. Yeah. Not this year clearly but maybe next year maybe next year but like we're gonna legalize marijuana then like decriminalize like you know all types of drugs and then people on like like you know you'll be at a bar and at pieces and queens are just doing like instead of shots they're gonna be doing bumps you know to celebrate <laughs> i don't know if they'll legalize cocaine but <laughs> you know <laughs> i mean it's not any different than it is now also, I would like to preference this talk with, like, I am a sober queen. I do not do drugs. I, I am also like, sober when it comes to hard drugs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we've talked but, about this. But, you know, I don't judge anyone. Oh, you can judge anyone because, like, you know, nightlife is not a place for judgment. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. It, it's a place um, for um, connection. So you can't judge anyone. Yeah. Also, like, most gays... At least the gays in the bars I see, they definitely do a lot of coke. Oh my God, fully. <laughs> it's it's kind of, I, I have, my thing is like um, LGBT and like drug use. Why is it so concentrated in the LGBT community? Because we're depressed. <laughs> yeah. I think that. like, I think that's like a separate issue. Just like, why is it yeah. like so prevalent? No, I agree. Uh, it's I, definitely a lot of mental health, maybe um, lack of assistance. I mean, I can go on a. It's whole hard topic. to be LGBT. I can go into a whole like rant about that because I did research about that in my undergrad, but mm-hmm. um, basically it comes kind of down to both depression and also um, a false equivalency of luxury, where uh, yes. people often think they have to appear richer than they are hmm. um, to fit into society. To so. fit into society and to also feel like normalized and yeah. to uh, to ha- kind of have this idea of um, a sense of self when it comes to uh, like luxury and when it comes to um, just like re- relatability, you know, like I think it's a thing where it's like I said, like I've had like, girl, I've been doing drag in Brooklyn forever now at this point, mm-hmm. it almost feels like. And I like, you know, when you work six nights a week, you're you're going to see cocaine at least twice in one day you know mm. so you have to like really put yourself in a position of like understanding where someone's coming from or what understanding like oh like this isn't this isn't fully about you this is something that's bigger than you and you don't know how to control it or also sometimes it's not that deep either sometimes there's people just want to have fun you know oh yeah oh yeah 
and I think like it's hard to always like recognize which one is which but mm -hmm. I like always try to come with an open heart when it comes to that kind of stuff because yeah. like just because like you you do a bump like doesn't make you any less of like that you're like not my sister or like it doesn't make you like less of an artist mm -hmm. and I think there's like that kind of like uh like um stereotype about like drag culture and like uh like being drugs and like I kind of like just want like people to know that like you know not all stereotypes are true mm -hmm. mm. you know what I mean yeah I hope that came off well no I understand <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay good yeah yeah so do we think America can come together with a nation so divided no. <laughs> no. Yeah. I don't no. think so either. Um, I want it to happen. <laughs> Likewise. I just like I I think we need to have be able to talk to other people. It's just is anyone actually open for conversation? That's the question. Um I think I don't know. I think the biggest underlying issue is that like a lot of Republicans voted against a lot of Human our rights, rights. <laughs> yeah and it's like how do i approach you when you thought my life my friends lives mm -hmm. were less important than a tax break yeah i agree <laughs> i have like, a hard time coming to terms with it as well um, and it's like and, and i think it's weird because it's like how do i like and like i like i don't have any like trump supporters in my life and my sister is someone who has like friends that are Trump's, like she like texts them like how do you how do you how do you have conversations with these people? yeah like how do you like reconciling yourself that like you can like have a conversation and like talk about the debate and like talk about it from her perspective of like how she's like oh yeah trump is doing great and you're like what are you talking about like this is mm -hmm. ridiculous like how can you justify that like it kind of, it just blows it blows my mind like yeah. and the way and i think it's really interesting the way trump supporters will like defend that man to death well, yeah. it's a cult of personality as they say i'm like that's yeah. exactly what it is it's just like people fell in love with him with the apprentice and they think he's this person and he's definitely like tried to be that person and that's what they look up to i guess yeah and it was just like i can't i i, I like i can't i think we kind of have like idolized this like like you said like this falsehood of like luxury and like mm -hmm. finance and money and like I said, though, like you become a different person. You become yeah, somebody. You really like, do. You're not the same person. And once you like put those identities and those ideas into uh, like you know running the fucking country, yeah, of course the country's gonna suffer because you're gonna put yourself first. Yeah, it's definitely an empathy problem. Yeah, it's like seeing from someone else's point of view. Yeah. So no, I don't think the country can come together. I just don't think so. I hope I think it can I, over time. I hope I like to. I think over time with Trump like not being in power anymore, maybe things could I mean, the biggest thing for me is that Fox News is like starting to like push back against Trump. And I think it's because it's because they he want lost. No, it's because they want um a good rapport with the Biden administration to get uh, uh Is that what you think? Oh, is that true? Oh, no, that's what, that's true. That's they want press access basically. Oh, yeah, I because know. like that's a, like that's the thing about like Republicans, like 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 you said, they are only they can literally like dismantle their entire rights and like everything they believe in for a ch like for a check. And, oh like, yeah, of course, of course. And like that's and like that's exactly what's happening like with Fox News right now. Like it did, like I said, like these things don't surprise me because like white people with money are so white people with money. Like of I course. don't. I think there's like this myth that like white people with money like understand how they've gotten there 
and like they're no. open to like oh i feel like there's like this myth recently of it and like that mm-hmm. doesn't exist yeah like they are still like in this space of and like that's what i mean when i say that they are still in the space of like yeah i've worked hard but i'm trying to like i don't care about like helping anybody else i will do whatever i need to do to have money because mm-hmm. they can dismantle their rights and they can micromanage their feelings about things mm-hmm. and even like take it out when it only serves them and i think like this administration and like this entire election has like proven that time and time again and we keep like and i think there's certain people who are like trying to give them the leadway of mm-hmm. as if that did like as if we don't witness it and like that's what blows my mind the most yeah do we have any hopes for the biden presidency however long it might be <laughs> um you know is there anything we want to see that like they could maybe accomplish I see. I mean, I saw his news about the coronavirus defense team, mm-hmm. and I thought that was—I thought that was like the smartest thing you could do going in first. Yeah. And I think that's a very smart thing to do with the transition period right now. Transitional period you have to go through. Yeah. Because like, I think Biden knows he can't do anything big as he wants to do yet until he actually is in office. Oh yeah, of course. There's nothing he can do right now. There's nothing he can do right now. Yeah. And I think like mm-hmm. what he chose to do was a very smart move. Yeah. I'm. And for, I think, yeah. So For me, it's he, like, I, I really want him to focus on environmental issues. That's the big thing. Like, if there's no Earth, there's nobody to govern the Earth. Yeah, you know? because it's So like, I'm hoping yeah, things will, like, like, chill out. <laughs> no, because it's, 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 it's like, I think it's like 70 degrees in the middle of November. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm very concerned about this right now. <laughs> like, No I still, snow in the winter. Like Since living in New York, I have not had a blizzard. Yeah. I've seen snow, but I have not had a blizzard. Yeah, and that it's used weird. to be, like, the norm here. Yeah, know? it used to be the norm. Yeah. Like, it would like, be, like... With all the wildfires going on around the planet, all the ice melting, I really hope um, we try to turn this ship around. We got seven years, according to scientists, to try to get our shit together. Um, also, like, I mean, all, the extinct anim- all the extinct animals that are, like... Oh, yeah, there's, like, no more animals anymore. There's, like, no more animals. Yeah. I think we like, I think like rhino, I think there's no, like, I think like we have like maybe one species of rhinos left, which is yeah. wild. I'm not surprised because they get hunted for their horns. And same thing with like tigers. Like it, we, we gotta, we gotta figure some shit I out. I know. I hope so. I don't know. I don't really have a lot of faith in the planet, <laughs> <laughs> but I like the idea of it. Um, I mean, my boyfriend's in this space travel and he's like, we need to, he's like, we're not gonna he goes like we're not gonna figure out the planets he was like we're so not. i think we he's like i think we need to look into like moving to other planets but i was like that blows my mind that that's a sentence that's like happening you know the rich wealthy people are gonna do that and leave us here. i saw this um thing about basically when the country went into a great depression back in the 30s mm-hmm. to get out of it they made a lot of jobs that focused on infrastructure and yep. national parks and all that jazz yep. The Great um, New Deal, not the Green New Deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think to subjugate that, but also help with the environmental issues that um, basically I watched a video and it's like, if we start working on that now and start getting things more automated and mm-hmm. um, all that jazz that um, we can get a semblance of cleaner energy. But basically that needs to be happening like right now. Right now, from, like, yeah. So to help with this joblessness that's happening right now, yep. mm-hmm. I see. I don't see why this wouldn't be a bad. Idea. Well, AOC and Bernie were both really pushing for that. So yeah. hopefully, it gains some traction. The problem is like big oil and stuff. They don't want that. 
Yeah, well, do I mean, anything they can to stop that. You mean the fracking? Well, I mean, it's a thing that yeah, just the makes the most sense. It just makes the most sense. <laughs> We're doing the um, Bob and Pepper bit. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, no, yeah. no, not that. <laughs> no, 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 not that. <laughs> not the fracking. Not the fracking. <laughs> I guess somebody's benefiting off of it. It's, it's, fashion. it's fashion. It's fashion. It's no, fashion. It's fracking. Is it fracking? Is it fracking? Is it fracking? But I, I mostly hope that um, Biden, especially in his first year, first 100 days, we focus on the coronavirus. Oh, yeah. Um, environmental stuff. And I know yeah. that he has set out to do executive orders to help with um, immigration and help with Dreamers and DACA and and All find those kids, their damn parents, the 500 kids yeah. that have been separated, hopefully. Yeah, back. those kids, are, like, those are kids at the border, like. Yeah, yeah. well, it, it, the border thing, just, as someone who's half Jewish, it, like, scared the shit out of me, because it's basically concentration camps, without it really as is. much and death. Like, <laughs> and people are like, oh, and I it's just kind of hate this idea that Republicans are like, oh, go fight for them. I'm like, what are we going to do without legislative change? Like, what are we going to do? Yeah. Like yeah. we can scream and fight all we want, but what are we gonna? What are we gonna actually do to get these kids out of the out of these places without legislative change? Like, what are we gonna do? Why are Until people you... in cages just trying to um, seek asylum, which is a legal thing? They're allowed to yeah. seek asylum. We could say no, but they're allowed to do it. Like, remember when he I... threatened a wall? Do y'all remember that? Do you remember that being like a big campaign promise? And oh, oh to build the wall. To build the wall, yeah. and oh yeah, we are. yeah look where we are i mean they started to build one and then it kind of there was like it part of it fell apart or something that was didn't like, he try to get mexico to pay for it like what girl? well okay, my girl. favorite thing of all is that all the republicans saying they're gonna move to mexico like those are bots those aren't like i really hope that's real i just want um, that to be real i there was like a whole bot conspiracy on twitter they're like oh, oh I'm yeah tired. i'm tired of the united states i'm gonna move to alaska and i'm like oh yeah Mm. yeah that was <laughs> i saw one that said i'm gonna move to hawaii you know it's like I oh yeah that was a, i saw the mm. hawaii one as well <laughs> and i was like um who's gonna tell her <laughs> i like the people who th still think we can even go to canada right now meanwhile like we literally cannot enter canada <laughs> honey i'm gonna jump the border into canada um i will move i will move uh to paris i'm here for that calm down yeah, emily paris <laughs> I love Emily. Oh my god, oh god, okay, okay. Can okay. we talk about Emily Parrish? <laughs> oh my god. Okay. <laughs> Do you want to know that it's so funny? Do you want to know it's so funny? Like, I literally was like talking to my friend, um, my really good friend, in, uh, a really good queen named Zelda Peaches in California about it. We've been friends forever. And I was like, you know what's really funny? Lily Collins has like, like, she's not an amazing actress. I was like, she's okay. Yeah, and she's I was, not like, that she good. will never. She will never be nominated for like an Oscar. No. Bitch, I saw an Oscar predictions list, okay? And of they what? Have, there's no movies. <laughs> no, like they all the, I think all the Oscar movies like uh, like um trailers like drop like the last 5 days. We just haven't mm -hmm. noticed it because of the election. Yeah. And she's in this movie called Mank that's going to be on Netflix. And there was like, "Oh, Lily Collins could get best supporting actress." I was like, "Um <laughs> I don't see it." Also, Emily in Paris. Okay. I I hate that I like like, I, I love that show. I don't care. Like, like all the Parisians are offended. I'm like, who cares? I mean, like, you're like the people they're making fun of are like, you know, 
very upscale white people. I don't feel exactly. <laughs> well, it was also, like, movie. I don't understand why people take it so seriously when it's clearly like a stupid rom com. Like, well, it's just like, enjoy it being a rom com. It's girl and boss all over. It's like girl boss all over again. Yeah. I also, I also just like wish like her outfits were better. Like, I oh, you don't them. like them? Oh, I like so some bad. of them. I like some. They're of them. so bad. I like how I like cliche no they are. I haven't watched any of this. Uh, <laughs> oh, I just oh, like okay. Lucas, um, the love interest. He just likes like they just also. I watched the entire show in one night. I watched it like. Oh my god! Movie. I spread it out because it it's a little too mind numbing for me. And I like rom coms. I like like fluffy entertainment, but it was just too n- mind numbing. But I mean, it's, I it's was a like, good like quarantine show to watch if you want to yeah. forget about life. Yeah, it, but it also was like. I don't know, like, it was, it was, it was wild. But it's also, like, Michael Patrick King is not the same writer he was when he wrote Sex and the City, and I think, like, he just doesn't know well, how Well, the thing with Sex and the City is it was a huge, like, there was a lot of writers on the show, and a lot of the show is based on their experiences dating in New York. So this is just, like, one perspective. It's a very narrow perspective, but I understand what they were trying to go for. I it's understand, not supposed too. to be taken seriously. The I whole internet think... had like a lot, like a lot to say. I'm like, it's a dumb rom com. Just let it be. Okay, this may sound kind of shitty, and I really don't care. I just don't. I just don't understand why like a middle aged white man is trying to write for like a 20 year old woman in 2020. Like it does not. <laughs> I mean, a lot. I mean, that's a lot of writers. So <laughs> you know, and like, I think it's a thing where it's like, where like. I get understanding capitalizing on the idea. Also, like, when the fuck did they shoot that show? Because they shot it um a year ago. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was like, when did they shoot this? All I care about is um Ashley Park, because she's a Broadway star, and she's and she amazing. Was the, she was one of the best characters. Ever. She's the best. Like, on, like, someone said, like, the show should be just from her perspective, and that's how I look at the show, <laughs> just from her perspective. Because <laughs> her character is so much more interesting. I'm just seeing her like white friends fuck up. Cool. Like I yeah. I loved her Chinese friends though. Like straight from China. Like they were the best. Um also, uh, can you guys put a disclaimer at the beginning of this episode? Every time I said white people, they should take a shot. It's oh just, my like, god, they'd be dead. <laughs> and I think I think the plan be will dead. have been they should be dead. Complete. <laughs> <laughs> um, on that note, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, okay, so I, um, I mean, I just became, like, I just became a new brand ambassador and a Kitsch partner for the brand Kitsch. So what so is Kitsch exactly? Kitsch is like a, um, it's an amazing, this is, is this is my Instagram influencer voice, if you guys can tell. <laughs> <laughs> She's an influencer. Um, it's, a, it's just, it's this brand that is, like, dedicated to, uh, it's a beauty and health brand mm-hmm. that's dedicated to making, um, beauty and like health needs accessible to everyday women at um like a fraction of like the time it takes like you didn't you know to like what type of products do they have well they have like hair wraps and they have like um like rock rollers and things like that Mm. they also have like face masks like it's a beautiful it's a really good company and it was really interesting because it was like i like they reached out to me obviously and then they were like um like oh we want you to work with us and i'm like oh you you want a drag queen to work with you so mm-hmm. for for them to like normalize like oh drag queens also like need health things as well oh, and yeah. like kind of being inclusive on like um products that are like universal because i feel like the thing about like beauty brands is like they always just like use like women and like i don't think they realize like how much like 
drag queens or like people of like uh um, queer people actually buy those products as well. Oh, of course. Like, I mean, are- at the day, end of the day, we're all human, and like everyone uses like beauty products. You know what I mean? It, like exactly. And like I think that's what I, I think that's my favorite thing about working with the brand that they reach out to me and be like, "We want you to use these products." And I'm like, this is what we want to send you. So that was great. Ooh, anything yeah. else you, you need to talk about? Okay, so I have an art film that is coming out. It's called Future Disparity. Ooh. Yes, um, it is a collaboration with Work.com. Um, oh, I didn't yeah, even know about be, this. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be premiering on Work.com Ooh. Uh, on their YouTube channel, I believe. Yeah, follow and their YouTube. We are on their YouTube. If this is how you're listening to us on the YouTube right now, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. Um, it will be girl. on there. And it's basically um, a story of, it has to do with like apologies and it has to do with like Afrofuturism and also um, like centering yourself and like and a lot of like about finding yourself home, which I know sounds like a bit sporadic, but I think it's more about like kind of like the, the apology is about like where you come from. The Afrofuturism is about like what inspired you and home is about like where wherever you find home and like your own definition of where home is, you know? I love that. And I started working. I'm start, I started working on it because, like, I wanted to, like, I started doing, like, really beautiful digital drag I was really excited about, and then I just mm-hmm. had, I had bigger and bigger ideas, and then, like, I got in conversations of things I wanted to do and how I wanted to approach it, and then, like, I called my really good friend Caleb Craig, uh, shout out to Caleb, who designed all the wardrobe for it, and then I, like, got in contact with Dick and Virgil, and, like, they designed a piece for it, and then I started, like, learning mm-hmm. more about, like, editing and filming. And I'm shooting everything on drones, which is like really cunty. Whoa! It's really cunty, and I'm like really excited. I don't about even it. know how to use drones, um, <laughs> but they're cool I as mean, hell. I want to learn. I really want to learn, but you oh, have to have one to learn. <laughs> well, my boyfriend's a software is a software engineer uh, major, uh, so he's like really into tech. And so it's he's like, a nerd. Oh, he's a huge nerd. Huge nerd. I love it. We were like talking. <laughs> I'm about a nerd too. Was, I'm here for it. <laughs> he like ranted about Star Wars for like 20 minutes the other night. Oh my, oh my god. god. And I just let me like, text uh, him. I have ideas. And oh, fully. <laughs> and I was just like listening to chilling. I was like, I was like, this is, I was like, this is a conversation like my friends would enjoy so much. And I was like, mm-hmm. this is why you make sense. But anyway, um, it's an it's a beautiful art film that I'm really excited to be coming out. It's coming out soon ish. I'm still like working on like some uh, filming things and like editing things. Um, and all the songs are like some of my favorite songs I've performed and it's all like retellings of like spoken word that is like mixed with how like, long um, is this gonna be um, I think I think the runtime is gonna be like between like 20 to 30 minutes ah that's a okay. long short film yeah I mean you that's know. a lot of work I well, know I think I think this year what I realized in quarantine is I really can be the captain of my own ship and oh, yeah. I think like there was like this falsehood of like oh, you have to have this to move up, you have to have that. And it was just more of like, I can do whatever I want and I can do it the way I want to do it. And I know that like sounds like a little like ABC, like duh, but it's, it, you don't, it doesn't kick into gear until like you look up into yourself and you look in the mirror and go like, oh, this is what I want to do. Yep. Mm. Yeah, so pretty much. Well, we're excited to see that. Yay! And I can't wait to... Subscribe to work.com. You'll get us. <laughs> you'll get the upcoming film, and then you don't have to look for it. It'll be in your feed. Yeah. Future on YouTube. versus security coming soon. Yeah, it's very interesting. I'm very excited. 
Love that. Well, you can follow DeVoe at, um, I think it's at DeVoe.Monique, right? Yes, correct? yes. Rest, rest in peace, DeVoe gives DeVoe. Rest in peace. <laughs> oh, yeah, because your account got Yeah, so you're updating how you can follow. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. And we're so thankful for you yeah. having you on. So I love you today. guys so much. I also, I am so, I'm so proud of you guys for, like, you guys doing this podcast the way it's been doing. I was, like, listening to the Linda episode last night. Shout out to Linda Hunter. Yeah, um, Linda. You're the episode right after her. <laughs> oh, work. Yeah. Oh, okay, work, work, work. So, but I was, like, watching it, and I just want to say I'm so thankful for you guys, like, historically, like, preserving New York drag and, like, new and like preserving, like, people's, like, um, origin stories and also just, like, normalizing, like, drag culture being talked about in a way, in a serious and, like, way mm-hmm. from an artistic point of view, because I feel like there's not, like, drag media doesn't really kind of do it a lot. Oh, no. It doesn't and exist. I, <laughs> yeah. And I love that you guys are doing it, and I'm, I'm and Aww. this is what I, the more content I want of. So thank you guys. Thank you, babe. Thank you. Well, I'm Martyr. I'm C. Tepper. And this was Wig Out! Election Wigout! Edition! Woo! We won! Bye, kids! Bye! Woo! I'm C. Tepper. You can follow me on Instagram at C-T-E-P-P-E-R and read my book, The State of Drag, where I interviewed 175 drag queens from around the world. All proceeds go to charity on Amazon.com. Ooh, I love that. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at DragTheMartyr. And if you have any thoughts, comments, dick pics, send them to DragTheMartyr at gmail.com. Listen, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Pandora. And catch up with past episodes on work.com. That's W-E-R-R-R-K.com. Artwork for Wigging Out was provided by Glitter Baby Online. That's Glitter Baby Online. Thank you.